This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Remember the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland? The term Mad Hatter originated prior to that book being written. Hatmakers in the mid-1800s used mercury uh, when making felt hats uh, to produce them quicker uh, than the conventional methods. And it worked very well, but it also caused people to lose their minds. Like they went crazy due to mercury exposure. Thus the term mad as a hatter. This is one of the reasons people are so freaked out by chemtrails. Some believe they contain aluminum, uh, mercury, and other heavy metals in an attempt to control the weather, uh, dumb us down, and keep us sick. So get your red pill ready. We're going to see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. Thank you so much for listening. I'm I'm actually getting reviews, like people are writing in reviews instead of just clicking the stars. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, my most recent one is from one of my podcast pals, Glenn Think Stuff. And uh, he writes, Brad has an awesome pod. He gives off a really chill vibe while keeping you entertained and talking with great knowledge about his different topics. Definitely adding to my early morning commute playlist. I dig this dude's style. I dig your style too, Glenn. And not just because you left me a review. Um, Glenn is another solo podcaster. And he has a great show. It's always, I'm always curious uh, what he's going to be, you know, talking about that week. Uh, It's sort of just this stream of consciousness type show about stories from his life. And uh, I loved last the last episode when uh, he started talking about waking dreams. He just gets off on these tangents and I feel like I'm just hanging out with him. Uh, you should check him out. Glenn thinks stuff. He's coming up on episode number 70, which is impressive. This episode was requested by my friend Gabe. I love getting requests, by the way. So let me know if you have one at the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. But uh, Gabe sent me a text a few weeks ago about how I should do an episode on chemtrails, which was kind of funny because I had just thought about it earlier in the day when I, I looked up at the sky and I saw all these chemtrails. It looked like the sky was like a tic tac toe board or something. And he sent me some pictures of the very same thing. Um, So I thought that was a sign. You know me. I'm all about following the signs. So Conspiracy Brad is back. So chemtrails or contrails? It, It depends on who you ask. There's a a large amount 
of scientists out there that claim it's just condensation from the plains. And that's what they get, the contrails, you know, the condensation that is produced from the back of the airplane, you know, as the as the engine lets off the the fumes. And it's easy to see why people might believe in this. Um, I mean, it's documented that in the late 70s, the government was practicing chemical warfare scenarios here in the U.S. It would actually take a lot of people to pull off a conspiracy like this. You'd have to have the pilots, obviously, uh, the people from, you know, that are going to be loading up the chemicals. It would take a lot of people keeping a secret, which usually people are not that good at. I think there are three levels to this conspiracy. There's the geoengineering portion, uh, population control, and then mind control and the really dark one of uh, poison. So the geoengineering is basically our attempt to slow down global warming and also to control the weather for uh, different different means, different uh, motivations. In theory, these heavy metals that you spray into the atmosphere would reflect the sun's rays away from Earth, um, like aluminum, barium, uh, those kind of things. And it's already a real thing. They do it, uh, they call it cloud seeding, and it's documented. China, America, Russia, they all engage in this, all the major parties. And I believe China most recently, at least the documented ones, uh, most recently did this in the last Olympics. Uh, They wanted to control the smog and also ensure that no rain was going to happen during all of the events and that the weather would be nice. So they did some cloud seeding. So I can see very easily why this is open to a lot of conspiracies because it's rooted in a little bit of fact. Um, The Air Force actually published a paper uh, where it was called Weather as a Force Multiplier. (laughs) And it essentially laid out a case of how weather could be weaponized to uh, control people on a much more effective level than just through conventional warfare. I mean, think about it. You could really, you could hose somebody if you just turned off the water. You know what I mean? You could, you could bring an entire country to its knees if you could suppress waterfall, cause a drought, all kinds of stuff. The problem with all this, besides the obvious uh, human factor of messing with nature, is, you know, who gets to control the thermostat? Um, that's, that's the question. And I'm sure, you know, if this did become a thing where it was weaponized, there would be no public oversight. So the next level on this conspiracy, if you're, if you're open to this, the next level would be population control. Um, the idea that you spray chemicals into the atmosphere that are going to fall down, get into the water table, get into the soil, the water table, and it would curb population. Now, what's interesting about this is that pop fertility rates have been 
dropping worldwide, but especially in the U.S. And maybe maybe I'm a jerk for saying this, but maybe that's not such a bad idea because, hey, there's only so much land and until people go vegan, uh, we are not going to have enough resources for everyone if we keep going like we are. And then we get more into the nefarious sides of the of the conspiracy on this one. Uh, mind control is a big one. A lot of people think that the trails are an attempt to just make us more docile and less intelligent. They say that we can become easily manipulated, which, oh, uh, <laughs> I think you could make a case for, you could make an argument for that. And just like the story with the Mad Hatter, uh, that's how uh, it would it would work. They would expose us to all this stuff and then just dumb us down. I found a really interesting comment on Reddit. This chemtrail stuff is nonsense. The mind control chemicals we add to jet fuel are carefully formulated to prevent contrails. It's not the planes with the big contrails that are spraying you. The planes that don't leave contrails are the ones that are spraying you. Now that kind of put chills down my spine because it makes a lot more sense that they would hide it. Um, I found one theory about a certain population of people known as indigos. They're basically clairvoyant younger people. And this whole chemtrail thing is an attempt to block the indigos from their supernatural powers. <laughs> um, I don't know. The more I got into this, it's one of those things that the less I believed it. Um, I obviously had seen chemtrails all my life and had often wondered what what is going on with that. And just like everybody else, and of course, being a skeptic, I naturally assumed something was up, <laughs> but uh, I fully expected to come away uh, thinking that there is definitely something going on, you know, with the uh, with the chemtrails. But it's I don't think it's as bad as uh, as I originally thought. I'm, I'm kind of changing my stance on it that uh, the preconceived stance that I had on it, at least. Because I'll tell you this, the believers don't help the cause either. <laughs> um, most notably, Alex Jones. Uh, just just listen to this. If you're a new listener, just type in Pentagon tested gay bomb on Iraq. They considered, no, they didn't consider using it. They've used it on our troops. In Vietnam, they'd spray PCP on the troops, Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> you think PCP, some horse tranquilizer something? <laughs> they got stuff that'll whack your brain permanently. Brain chips in the trips. They give the trips special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. Now, there it is, the gay bomb. Look it up for yourself. I mean, this is what they're... What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it, quite frankly. I mean, give me a break. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it, so I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Ugh, ugh, serious crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. 
<laughs> that guy's my favorite comedian. Uh, he should do Last Comic Standing. I think he'd win. Um, but believe it or not, the uh, the government using chemtrails to make frogs gay is not the most outrageous conspiracy I've heard. I may have found the mother load to top them all. Do, do you want to hear the, the weirdest one? <laughs> so the president is a time traveler. No, no, no. Hold on <laughs> before you turn it off. Um, there's just more than a few people out there that believe this story. And I know it's outrageous, but if nothing else, this is, this is entertaining. In the late 1800s, a writer named Ingersoll Lockwood, he wrote a series of fictional books and he was an American political writer. Uh, he was also a lawyer and a novelist. And two of his most popular books were illustrated children's stories. And the main character was Baron Trump. And he portrays this wealthy young man living in Castle Trump. <laughs> Love that name, right? Uh, he appears in two of Lockwood's first novels, the travels and adventures of little Baron Trump and his wonderful dog, Bulger, and Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. The story goes that little Baron Trump is bored of his luxurious lifestyle, and um, he decides to visit Russia in a twist of fate. And he embarks on this journey that's going to shape the rest of his life. And while in Russia, he locates an entrance into this cave, and it contains alternate dimensions, time travel portals, and he also meets a man named Don. <laughs> Not making this up. <laughs> and uh, he shows him all of the worlds within worlds. Basically a guide that's, you know, his tour guide, if you will, for these, for these time portals in a cave. This is located in the mountains of northern Russia. And what's interesting is today we know about this location and the natural caves that it has, but they weren't discovered during the time that Lockwood wrote this novel. And ancient structures have been discovered in these caves, and they've led some to believe that it's a lost civilization that once lived there. This book was way ahead of its time in in terms of subject matter. I mean, he was going into like hollow earth type stuff and time travel. His third novel, The Last President, that's when things get even more eerie. So that story begins in New York City, early November, and it's describing a state of uproar. It's after the election of, get this, an enormously opposed outsider candidate. <laughs> and the novel reads, uh, Fifth Avenue Hotel will be the first to feel the fury of the mob. Guess what address is Fifth Avenue Hotel in New York City? That's where the Trump Tower now stands. <laughs> I remember the Woman's March the day after the inauguration, and it ended at Trump Tower. Um, another synchronicity in the novel is that one of the president's cabinet members is named Pence. Um, 
the people that believe that the book was foretelling the future think that Lockwood came into contact with time travel. And just like the story where Baron Trump has the manuscripts from Dawn, the rumor is that President Trump has manuscripts from Nikola Tesla. Okay, that he received from his uncle, John G. Trump. And yes, there is a Trump-Tesla connection, uh, as odd as that might sound. John G. Trump was the uncle of our dear president. He was a professor at MIT when Nikola Tesla died. And in the 1890s, Tesla accidentally created what he called an earthquake machine. Um, when he turned on the machine, the whole building uh, started to shake violently, and he and he had to smash it with a hammer. Um, there was uh, the electronically powered supersonic air shifter, which produced tidal waves. And towards the end of his life, rumors swirled about him sort of going mad, and he was working on a death ray that would stop uh, entire armies in their tracks. And in March 1895, uh, he was seen by a reporter in this cafe, and he was visibly shaken. Um, the reporter asked him what was wrong, and he tells him that he was almost killed. He claimed that he was hit with 3.5 million volts of electricity in an attempt to see if electrical current could alter space-time through magnetic fields. And his assistant uh, turned off the machine, barely saving his life when this happened. And he said when it occurred that he was able to see the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. And when Tesla died in 1943, the FBI seized um, all of his belongings through what was called, and I love this, the Office of Alien Property. <laughs> um, to make sense of it all, they brought in uh, the MIT professor, uh, who was also a well-known electrical engineer, John G. Trump. And after a three-day investigation, he reported that there was nothing of importance uh, in Tesla's notes, which sounds very suspicious to me. I mean, this is one of the world's greatest minds, and there's nothing of importance in his notes. What if he wanted to keep this information secret? Uh, he would say Tesla was mad, the death ray was nothing, and definitely not a time machine to see. <laughs> um, some believe that John Trump took the plans to Tesla's time machine, built it as a way to advance his own research, and go back in time to stop Tesla from developing the death ray. John thought that the death ray was going to lead us down a very dangerous path. And since he was the only one who could operate the time machine, he enlisted his nephew, a young Donald Trump, to go back to stop Tesla. In the, in the time machine, Donald would see the past, the present, and the future. And in 1890s New York, he meets Ingersoll Lockwood. And having seen 
ahead to all the events around his election as well as the birth of his youngest son brags about it all i'm you know as as he would do right <laughs> however i think the story goes that he was either unwilling or unable to stop tesla so tesla goes on does his thing creates all this stuff i could see him getting distracted from that original mission come on you know um he now returns to the present, aware of the end of the world is coming from the death ray, but lies to his uncle and profits from the knowledge that he's gained. Uh, this, this theory would kind of explain a lot of things. You know what I mean? Um, maybe all the time travel has caused some brain damage. It can't be good for you. Um, it has to be like jet lag times a thousand. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate the time travel conspiracy as probably false. And, uh, and the chemtrails, I think it's possible that our government is trying to control the weather. I could see that. Uh, the mind control stuff I'm less convinced of, but maybe that's just how good the mind control chemicals are, right? <laughs> I mean, how would I know if it worked or not? Send me your thoughts or suggestions for future episodes at the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you next week. You, you know why the Grateful Dead are always on tour? Yeah. You know why? Because they're all British agents, intelligence agents. They're spies. Jerry Garcia himself has a double O rating, just like James Bond. Jerry Garcia's dead. <laughs> That's what they want you to think.